Welcome to Day 225 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with uh, Katie Kresge and Matthew Kresge, and we come to the end of the Gospel of Mark. And, of course, the end of the Gospel of Mark is an interesting study in uh, how we, what our Bible is and how we received our Bible. Uh, there's kind of an awkward ending, you know, that we find in verse 8. There have been a couple of over the years, uh, you know, not over the years like the last couple of years, but <laughs> early on, uh, in the biblical literature, readings that have been supplied, a shorter ending and a longer ending. And it's because many people are uncomfortable with the way, you know, that Mark ends. And so we either have Mark with a very pointed uh, ending to his gospel, or we've lost his original ending, and we try to fill in the silence, you know, with the way we would have hoped it would have ended mm-hmm. and that. Uh, but we will read, which is probably going to be our shortest uh, reading, you know, for the year. We're not going to read either the long ending or the short ending. We're just going to read what the earliest uh, manuscript we have gives us, and that's the first eight verses of chapter 16. Uh, Before we read this, however, uh, as always, uh, even though we're, you know, a couple of weeks moved, you know, removed from Easter, uh, we reminded you on Easter, and of course we reminded you when we talked about the cross a couple of days ago, uh, that these, these are annual festivals, you know, that we celebrate, and they, they get a lot of attention, but they're more than annual festivals for us. They're, every day is a, a day that's shaped by the cross and the resurrection, the fact that he died for our sins and has risen to give us new life. And these, these are the markers of who we are. Our life becomes a cross-shaped life, and our life becomes a, li- a life lived in the reality of the resurrection, the restorative work you know, that God is doing in us through the gospel. So before we have read chapter 16, uh, as always, we read, you know, not to uh, simply check a box on our discipleship list or uh, to learn more about the Bible. We read to, in Scripture, see the face of God and to know him better and to serve him more deeply. So before we read, Matthew, could you uh, start us off with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we again come to you thankful for your word, thankful for this time together and the technology that we have to to be able to read together as your church. Um, God, thank you that you are are transforming us through it, that you've given us everything we need for a life of godliness. And and even now as we read, your spirit is um, illuminating, convicting, um, bringing about faith. And and we pray that that would be true, Um, God. We we pray that you would grow in us a a deeper faith um, in you. And and Father, would you um, would you give us wisdom as we read? Um, help us to to marvel at a familiar story and, and not just see it as something that um, happened so long ago and and we celebrate it once a year. But it would be something that our entire lives are banked on. Um, God, we thank you for the grace we have in Christ Jesus. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, uh, brought spices so that they might uh, go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they're on their way to the tomb and they ask each other who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away and they entered the tomb. They saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. 
go and tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. So we have the basic, you know, facts of the resurrection. Uh, we don't have any resurrection appearances recorded, you know, naturally in the in the in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, we do have people, you know, it seems like who later tried to supply those and to build on those and to in Mark in a way that uh, coordinates it a little bit with you know Matthew and Luke, mm-hmm. uh, and also adds you know some other information about uh, drinking poison and not being harmed mm-hmm. and handling snakes. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, uh, we don't usually do in our worship services, but we will this weekend if you'd like to come and be a part of that. Uh, a, a part of that. And, 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 of course, these were experiences. We know that you know Paul didn't necessarily handle a snake, but that happened. We don't know anything about the poison, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, as far as that happens. So we're either left with we've, we've lost you know, Mark's account of, of the appearances, or he, he wanted us to be left with this note of hope that he has risen, He's gone ahead of us, and there's no reason, you know, for for us to fear, even though uh, the circumstances are very startling. Mm-hmm. I just notice all the details, like that the angel um, was there to the right of the tomb, dressed in white, and it's, it's just so interesting. Um, all the details that Mark. Um, included and I'm just picturing the women sharing the story just excitedly sh- telling everybody what happened says they said nothing to anyone they were afraid <laughs> okay well and, later and that's, on and that's kidding. why later when we read in Timothy yeah. that women should be quiet in the church it's in honor of the resurrection I like what you're pointing out so. yeah but yeah it's I mean so detailed and it's been that way this the entire way through Mark yeah. but well, and, I just love that. And, and of course, one of the things that you see in the resurrection account is that uh, every one of the resurrection accounts, you know, are very detailed. Very few of them share the same details, mm-hmm. and and so you, it has the overall impact. Of course, the accusation many have is this is a story, you know, that uh, was later, you know, concocted or fabricated, uh, but it ha- does not have the feel of that. It, there's just the. Uh, authenticity of people who are experiencing the resurrection and not only experiencing the resurrection but not quite knowing what to make of it so mm-hmm. it's as if all of us have seen you know a, a momentous event we would all tell our stories and we would pick out you know different parts of the details you know that uh, you know brought our you know brought our attention mm-hmm. uh, and this little detail is we're sitting right there on the right <laughs> yeah I, I mean I can picture it now even as I go back into it, I can yeah. picture him as right there on the right. I love the how they were yeah. on their way down talking about, how are we going to move this big, huge rock? Yeah. <laughs> like, Whoops, we didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. We, we had the spices. Women. You know, we had the spice. Yeah. You know, this has been a, this, this has been a, you know, a, a weekend that had to be, you Brutal. know, for them, emotional you know, roller coaster from seeing their Lord crucified to, Watching him, his body put into the tomb, and, and the, seeing the stone you know, roll down, and knowing that there's nothing they can do on the Sabbath, and uh, you, you have to you have to think that that it was the most anxious Sabbath that they'd ever experienced. And they get up as early as they can, and they move you know toward the tomb, uh, but but they hadn't you know processed the thought. Of what what are we going to do with the stone? And which means they're anticipating everything but a resurrection. They mm-hmm. they have the spices and 
they want to pay their final respects mm-hmm. and uh, and then put the pieces of their life back together. Mm-hmm. When you have to love, you know, when you when you read this account and you you kind of match it with the details of the other accounts, you know, kind of joking with Katie, how do we know that the women back went back and you know, actually spoke? Because other accounts tell us, you know, they went and told, you know, Peter and the disciples these things. You know, but you also have kind of, you know, there would have been a Roman guard at the tomb. And you, you have these other details kind of, you know, it's just, it's interesting to just kind of watch, you know, what Mark is doing here. Yeah. There's so many details that would have went into this. Well, you, you know, know that much different, you know, than the account of shepherds in Luke, who yeah. once they see, you know, the baby just as, you know, in the cloth, laying there in a manger, just as the word spoken, that they go back broadcasting to everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you, you get the idea that there's almost, you know, an irritating witness, and people mm-hmm. are going, what, you know, what in the world? This is, for them, such a stunning moment yeah. in, a, in Revelation. I'm not sure, you know, they're, they're probably not hearing the words, he's risen. Jesus is three occasions in the, in the Gospel of Mark has talked about being turned over to the hand of sinners uh, and rising again, you know, being crucified and uh, rising again on the third day. They haven't been able to process it when he's preparing them for it, and they're not able to process it when they actually see it. And the angel and it tells them, uh, you have to look, you, know, you have to like the way that Luke does this. And he said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? And they said, you're looking you know, for Jesus the Nazarene, which is also kind of an interesting detail that the angel would lab- label him a, a Nazarene. Yeah. And at this point, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, um, who is so much more than Jesus of Nazareth by, you know, by, uh, by the fact that he has been you know, both crucified and raised from the dead. He said, you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is risen, not here. Mm. They're looking for a body. And instead, they have their their savior who has risen. I mean, so culturally, they're coming to anoint his body. What is that? I mean, we don't do that today here in America. So what are they doing culturally? I'm just curious. Well, they would, you know, basically they would, you know, let the body, they would lay it in a tomb like that and let the body go through, you know, the decay process. And then they would take the bones and collect the bones and put them in an estuary, which would be a smaller box uh, awaiting the resurrection. And uh, the actual uh, spices is just to counteract. Yeah, the smell. The odor, yeah. 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 And uh, so, you know, you talk about, when you talk about, uh, you know, the spices, you know, that Joseph himself, you know, uh, in the other gospel accounts provided, there's quite a, quite a, that there's a heavy weight of mm. these that are put in the cloth mm-hmm. and in the folds of the cloth just to counteract the unpleasant mm. unpleasantness of the yeah. decaying body. Mm. I love in, in this account, you know, when he says, but go tell the disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee there. You will see him just as he told you, you know, in, in other words, as those women and, and as the, you know, the disciples as the followers of Jesus were headed to that tomb to, to think about, or even to begin to process what just happened. You know, he's, these are things he's been speaking of. And we've seen that. That's kind of one of the fun things about reading through Mark together and getting to the end. We've been hearing Jesus say, yeah. you know, I must go to the cross. I must die. I will rise again. And we did just a few chapters ago. He says, you know, I will go to Galilee ahead of you. I will, I, and, and they just don't they just don't have the capacity to really understand. Or maybe even they're just, they don't know what to think. I mean, that's probably where I would have been. Mm-hmm. You know, my hopes were, were in 
in him, but in in maybe some form of him that I thought he would be, and mm-hmm. and to to see him, or to to not see him, to show up and the tomb is empty, you know, and the stones rolled away, and now there's this angel, and and I love their response, trembling and bewildered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a great you know, descriptor of of that moment. It, it is, and you have to like you know the move in, in Mark. We know from the other gospels there were appearances you know before galilee you know they're in jerusalem and outside of the city of jerusalem as well Um, but mark is taking the story back to the place where he began the story Mm -hmm. and uh so it's a beautiful move from you know how things started in galilee as he met his disciples and he called his disciples and he goes back to galilee to you know commission his disciples and to teach his disciples and so this is the place where they had you know the, the, their lives were formed together, and so it's a nice return. You know, you know, to the very, uh, to the very beginning, yeah. mm-hmm. and and the little phrase there, I'm sure Mark w- wanted his readers to feel more than just, you know, he's he's going ahead to Galilee as he told you, but he, but as the church, he is also going ahead of us, and he is moving with us, mm-hmm. and of course, that's exactly what. Matthew emphasizes as he closes his gospel, uh, surely I'll be with you always. Uh, you're, and, and, of course, uh, John does the same thing when he said, I, I won't leave you as orphans. I will send you another helper, and I myself will come to you and be be with you. Yeah. So we're assured of his presence going ahead of us and remaining with us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are going to find ourselves in verse 8 that, that there are things in, in, in this life that are trembling and bewildering and that cause us great fear Mm -hmm. but we have the promise that his words are just as he said Mm -hmm. and that he has gone ahead of us Mm -hmm. and our confidence is in him and in his presence yeah we could also talk about the significance of the women being the the first witnesses of this moment because you know in first century you know women weren't weren't the first to be called forth to be a public credible witness you know Mm -hmm. you wouldn't call women to be witnesses especially in the court of you know like the public square and court of law and and so when you know this when god decides to validate the resurrection of jesus he points to you know these women as the first you know witnesses Witnesses. of this account and so you just again if you're creating a myth you know if you're wanting to say hey this is the myth of jesus's resurrection you're not going to start in a way that would just make it seem highly yeah, unlikely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's unless it happens. Yeah, there's a, uh, the authenticity of this is uh, again you have you you have the the women who have been faithful to the end. Yeah. they've actually given a better picture, a better portrait of discipleship and love and devotion, you know, to Jesus, you know, than the disciples have. They they find themselves as the foot of the cross, where the disciples find themselves, Stay. you know, cowering, you know, cowering in in fear. They would would have been unlikely uh, bearers of, of the story if you're mm-hmm. fabricating the story because there was not a lot of confidence, uh, you know, in women in a court of law or as credible witnesses, you know, in, in, in this you know in this day you know, in this day and time, uh, and so it's just another little piece. And you have no heroes in these stories, you mm-hmm. know. If you're if I'm making up a story, you know, about when I was back in high school, I'm going to be the hero of that <laughs> story. But all of them are saying, you know, we, we missed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We missed it. The only real hero of the story is Jesus. And, mm-hmm. of course, that's as it should always be. Yeah. That's good.
Father, thank you. Sorry, Katie. No, I was going to say I have nothing else to add. <laughs> so we actually covered it in fifteen minutes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Almost. <laughs> Sorry we for would, we, would have, we would have been through on time. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Heavenly Father, thank you for the resurrected Lord. We thank you that even when we are trembling and bewildered, that you've gone ahead of us and that your word uh, always proves true, that you've done everything you've said. And, of course, we're from reading this gospel, know that the people watched the things that you did and, and concluded he does all things well. And even though our life is ragged and even though sometimes we feel the ragged edges, we, we know that you are working through your spirit in our lives in order to bring all things to a fitting conclusion in Christ and that indeed you do all things well. Amen. Amen.